0: hello and welcome to the Guna talk back again with you guys for another episode of our let's talk arsenal series show which i'm joined by a guest to discuss all the latest arsenal fiascos and scenarios going on right now i'm very happy to be joined by james from aftv how you doing mate you good you well
1: yeah very good tom thanks very much thanks for having me um it's good actually you know after uh after yesterday's win, I'm, I'm not quite done talking about it. <laughs> you know, some Good. results have that. Um, <laughs> some results, it wasn't even really the performance, but some results just uh, have you kind of purring for the next couple of days. So um, mm. I'm sure we'll enjoy getting into this one.
0: I don't know if you're like me there's whenever Arsenal win I tweeted this the other day I think it was yesterday it must have been yesterday I just kind of break out into fits of giggles randomly and spontaneously like I'll see something pop up on Twitter and I'll just start like just giggling and smiling because Arsenal have won it's a it's just a great feeling just makes the day better doesn't it
1: absolutely when it when it is followed by Spurs dropped points and a terrible Mm. performance that they put in um it helps so yeah I know what you mean I mean to be honest Oh, weekend's been great with the boxing, the F1. I don't know if you're into all that. So I am, yeah, yeah. I watch yeah. both. Yeah. Catching the uh Chelsea and then the North the, not North London, the uh Mursay Derby. So I've got to say it's been a very good sporting weekend on a on a sunny mm. London.
0: Saying that I am not Verstappen's biggest fan, so uh yeah, I'm more of a Charles Leclerc person yeah, than Verstappen. Well, so
1: so I, I when I had COVID at Christmas, I binge watched Drive to Survive. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. And in trying to get my family and my girlfriend into it, I've re-watched it a second time. Being half Italian, I adopted Ferrari as my team. And it sounds like I picked a good year for it, except for
0: today. Today didn't go great, but yeah. Especially Italian Grand Prix, I suppose. But yeah, no, I've done, I did the same thing. I mean, I watched it when I was really young, um, like in my early teens and then kind of fell out of love with it a bit. Like I think Mm. because Hamilton was winning every single year, I just got a bit bored of it. And then the drive to survive thing came along again. And that, that got me, you know, uh, back into it. So, yeah, even the missus is, is proper hooked. She's actually away um, uh, on, a, on a, I was going to say a honeymoon. I was like, that would be a bit weird if she was away <laughs> on, a that. on a honeymoon. Enjoy your honeymoon, Um And, uh, no, her mum's really into it. So, I just went up to her, my her parents today. She's, she's not around, but i want to go up and watch the F1 with your mum. <laughs> no, well,
1: that, listen, that's great. Yeah, what a way to yeah, spend a absolutely.
0: Sunday. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Um, Thank you everyone that's joining us in the chat box. Thank you for joining us live. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. We know that Arsenal done the business for you, so hopefully everything else has gone your way. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. We do daily updates. We do fantastic shows with great guests like James every single week and lots more too with the transfer window fast approaching as well. There's going to be lots of transfer fun to get into. But before we get to that, Arsenal have the small matter of trying to get into the top four. And after this week's results... It's amazing how quickly things change, James, because we came off the back of three awful losses, yeah. Crystal Palace and Southampton and Brighton, and then Arsenal go and do a very Arsenal thing and beat Chelsea and Manchester United. So after the last five games, where is your head at, if you can even describe it?
1: Oh, well, look, we're still, you know, we're two points clear. We're sitting fourth. It could have been more, it could have been better. I'm sure Tottenham will be saying the same. I'm sure Tottenham will be saying, if we'd beaten Brighton, if we'd we'd beaten Brentford, which they should have, they'll look back at that week where they lost to Southampton, having taken the lead and lost to Wolves at home as Mm. well. So I think every side in this race, you know, can look back at moments where they let it slip or nearly let it slip. Um, But that's been the top four race for the last three, four years. Um, mm. If there's one thing it's showing is that Arsene Wenger, who finished outside the top four for the first time, you know, with 75 points, losing out to Klopp, Guardiola, Conte, uh, who else is in front of him? I can't remember. Pochettino.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Kind of, you know, with every year reminds you that even in the decline, we're still doing a very good job at times. I mean, mm. in terms of results, let's say there were other off the field issues. Um, but that's the nature of the top four race. And here we are. We're leading it. So I can only be happy with, what, five games to go? Could have taken that at the beginning of the season. So i got to say I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh, I wasn't, to be fair, last weekend. And that kind of shows no. you how quickly in just, you know, seven days. And it's a completely mm. different mood. I mean, especially... and I'm, I'm interested to ask you about this. Because we both work around Arsenal every single day. And that is our job. And it, yes, it's a dream job. And we don't take it for granted. But... When it's bad, does it affect it really affects me? Like I wake up the next day knowing I'm gonna be working and and talking and writing about Arsenal and it genuinely is a the losses are more painful now than they were because I'm so locked in to Arsenal, if you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That's a great question. Um I felt the opposite a little bit because Really? You detach yourself a lot more. Um what what happened with me was I used to I used to watch Arsenal with my my mum and dad and brother or family or friends, and whenever if, if we lose or drop points mm. have a bad result, I just had to wallow and stew in it for days and the aftermath and whatever. And it's why I'm so grateful for like an AFTV, the Guna Talk, not just for the platform that I have on it, um, but for its existence. Um, mm. When I was living in Bologna, in my year abroad, I um just I used that to in.
0: watch just. I used to live in Bologna. Just, just drop I, that little cherry there. <laughs> I, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, um, that was fun. Uh, I told you I was half Italian. Yeah, um, true. I saw someone in the comments asking if I was a fake Italian, but um, when <laughs> um, when I was living there, you know, these fan channels got me through it. Working on one now, I find it therapeutic. I find once I've done the fan cam, once I've spoken it out and around others who are feeling the same way, I go home and I feel like I've left it at work. And being an Arsenal fan isn't work. It's it's my life. I love it. Mm. Um, but I've definitely been able to find that detachment, which, you know, I know football means everything to everyone and Arsenal means an awful lot to many people. For some people, it's everything. But I'll always encourage to people to be able to find that detachment. Um, but mm. I know what you mean. It's very, very difficult because, you know, you go out with your mates after or you're at home kind of having dinner, watching a movie or whatever, and just, you are thinking it through. Yeah. Um, but that's the nature of that. the highs are high, though.
0: The highs are high. The highs are very high. Yeah, a few of the listeners clipped my reaction to the Chelsea win, the reaction show. I did... Fly off the handle is the wrong word because that sounds more negative, but just yeah, lost it a little bit. Um, certainly, when lost... we won or
1: lost. Sorry, Chelsea, when we
0: won against Chelsea, yeah, <laughs> on Wednesday, yeah, it was uh, yeah, yeah, you should go back and just watch the first minute because it's uh, yeah, that's been clipped now. And uh, I'm being... <laughs> every time we do something good, someone tweets me the clip because <laughs> it's, I just lost it. I oh, was so brilliant. happy. No, I'm gonna
1: go back and find that because yeah. um, I'll enjoy that, that'll be good.
0: Yeah, it was uh it's just yeah arsenal just makes you do funny things um and yeah. we appreciate it when it goes well but equally you know when it isn't going so well it goes the other way very quickly let's yeah. let's focus on on the game uh the games uh, and talk about the, the two fixtures against chelsea and, and man united this is a really it's a hard question to start with but why did we lose to palace southampton and brighton and why did we then beat Chelsea and and Manchester United. It's, it's an easy one to start. There, off you go.
1: <laughs> well, well, welcome to Arsenal Football Club. If there's anyone, I doubt there is. If there's anyone in the comments who's actually here because they just want to get into football. <laughs> I'd say, well, brace yourselves. Um, you know, I think I think if you want to be really kind of simple about it, I think you can mm-hmm. say we won these two because we started out nanny we put Jack near him and we had a better base to build off. Um, But does that really explain quite how drastic the turnaround in form and results and performances can be? Mm -hmm. I, I thought the three defeats were all very different. I thought Palace was a classic example of the players having not kicked a ball for 15, 16 days. Partey's touch was awful. Odegaard was all over the place. The key players who ran what Arsenal do, couldn't get into the game. Lacazette had a shocker we conceded early goals, and then actually we had chances to get back into it. In fact, on another day, we probably might draw that game 2-2. Uh, but we didn't. We lost it 3-0. Then you go to Brighton. He puts Xhaka left back. He's trying to do something different. He's he's looking at where everyone's going to be on the pitch, and he's trying to get his, fit his best players into the team. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Brighton had a plan for it. Beat us. But we were shocking on the day. I thought it was worse than the Palace performance, actually. Um, and then Southampton... I can say it's now because we've won the last two. <laughs> I sort of alluded to it in my fan cam, but I thought we, we played quite well at Southampton. Yeah. Listen, we've won lacking, games
0: playing like that, haven't we?
1: We were lacking... Exactly, that's it. We have played like that at other grounds against better teams and won. And mm. I think we were lacking a little bit of cutting edge. We were lacking a little bit of luck. Um, it was just one of those days. And I had that result and performance come on the back of now these two wins, you'd probably be saying just a bad day at the office, unlucky. Yeah. Um, but it it was the fact that Spurs had lost to Brighton, it hammered home the point, and we had Chelsea looming. So I actually think there had been a little bit of a shift in that game in terms of our performance. Um, but Nani coming in has made a massive difference. I, I feel like the youngsters can thrive when there's an experienced platform for them to build off. Now, White and Gabriel, listen, they're not they're not the most experienced, but they're not mm. 19, 20-year-olds. Um, I think 24, 23, maybe. Then you've got Elneny and Xhaka there. And that's a that's a very decent base for the youngsters to then go and thrive. Um and I think they showed that against Chelsea and against United, and they showed a great togetherness. I mean, don't don't look past the team spirit as well. That has been a constant theme throughout the season, win, lose, or draw. Um so then think we could be very proud with that. But I mean, let me ask you, I mean, mm, why? Probably. Why two wins on the bounce after that that run?
0: I think Mohamed El neni has a lot to do with it, uh, yeah. actually. Um I want to turn around and say you know credit to Arteta for picking it, but there's an argument that maybe we should have recognised that it wasn't necessarily working with Lukanga and brought El in sooner. So I suppose mm. that we could you could argue that point, but you still got to pick him, you still got to bring him in, and we did against Chelsea. It's a real tough one though, is, um, and that's why I threw it to you first because working out why uh, we can be so poor and then turn things around. But I think there's also an element of you know teams go through these periods, you know every team be it Liverpool Man City they'll have a couple of games or two three games where they drop and for Arsenal that are just not on that level yet you know it's it's much more likely that we're going to have moments where we do fall away the the fortune was is that despite the fact that we lost those three fixtures which if anything kind of goes to show how good we've been prior to that point is that we still had the top four in our hands even though we were able to lose three games in a row and now obviously with the Brentford game We've got that two-point buffer and now mm. Liverpool play Spurs and we play West Ham, a West Ham team that are obviously going to be playing. Um, I think Spurs play Leicester first, don't they? They play Leicester yeah. after their Europa Conference game. So you'd expect to, you'd expect them to win that. And I think that we'll probably be able to beat West Ham considering the fact they'll be playing Frankfurt uh, on the Thursday and this whole chaos of their centre-backs now yeah. that they don't have. I mean, yeah, Red uh, Gilly in the chat book saying Dawson, red card, misses the game.
1: He's um, been very good for them as well.
0: Very, very good. He's a very frustrating defender to play against because he's old school, but he's, yeah, but he's got that ability to just deal with modern players um in a no-nonsense fashion. Very underrated, indeed. One of their best signings probably in the last few years or so. Yeah. So, I think that we'll have the best of those two, and then obviously they play Liverpool when we play Leeds at home. Which you know, you look at that game and you expect Arsenal to win, especially considering how much we battered them earlier in the season. But they were, they had their own issues then. Jesse Marsh, I think, is. I don't think he's arrested the slide just yet. He's got a couple of results, but there's still there's a lot of issues still at Leeds, Um, and I think they're still in danger actually. Uh, And I think Burnley's form puts them in danger. And if Everton can pick up a couple of wins, although they've got some really uh, difficult fixtures as well, um, Leeds as well could get drawn into this relegation scrap quite easily if they're not already. Yeah. And then you can, and I don't want to start going. Oh, if we win this game, you know, they lose this game, then we, you know, we could, but we could go into the North London derby. And secure top four at their grounds. But that it it could happen if we win the next two games and Spurs uh, win and against Leicester but lose against Liverpool. You know, then you're suddenly five points ahead. You beat Spurs and you're eight points clear with two games left. You're there. You've done it.
1: it and that's and that's the yeah. thing. And sorry to cut you, but no, that's a it. point I, was that I... <laughs>
0: sorry I was waffling. So you were good going. No, right <laughs> no, no, because there was
1: a bit there that I thought. You're right, you kind of it's such a footballing cliche game by game, all that. But Mm. I think if you're Arteta, you've got to be looking at these players and saying, Forget five games left, win your next two. Mm. Now, we can't do anything about Spurs. Spurs can go and beat Leicester at home and beat Liverpool away, we still be two points clear of them. But you've got to think there's a decent chance if we win our next two games, um, that Spurs drop points in at least one of those two. And, and I... It's so funny. We just lost three on the bounce. And here I am saying, win your next two and it's secured. It, it's not what I'm saying, but I think that's got to be the motivation. You know, West Ham yeah. is not going to be an easy place to go, even with their Europa League uh, ties either side. Um, Leeds, again, will be fighting for their lives and they can just be dangerous. They can just do whatever. Um, but that's got to be the motivation. Pick up six more points. Let's see where we are going to the North London derby. Um but I think it put Im- Im- immense pressure on Spurs, that. If we went yeah. at West Ham, I think it puts immense pressure on Spurs. And that's got to be the motivation. Just keep keep hammering it into them. Keep putting the ball in their court and saying, what have you got? And that's what we did this week. That's what I loved about it, right? Because they lost to Brighton. And yeah, okay, we lost to Southampton. So they're probably thinking, ooh, we got away with it. Mm. But I think any Spurs who watched that game would have thought, oh, Arsenal looked okay, though. And then they beat Chelsea. I think well, that's the game in hand. We're level. And then they beat United, not being at their best. So that's what we've got to do. Keep saying it, it. I think so much of it's psychological at this stage of the season. I really do. Um, and that might be the only way you can explain losing three games you shouldn't and winning two games you arguably shouldn't either, because the mental, the mentality that that all comes into it now.
0: Mm. Yeah, the mentality is the key thing for Arsenal, and I think that's. It was interesting listening to Edu's interview recently, and I'll, we'll come on to that more in detail and transfers in a bit, but yeah. how we spoke about the balance and addressing the balance of the team and also bringing in kind of young, hungry players, which we got in White and Ramsdale and Odegaard's coming in too. And of course, you know, Tavares and, and Lokonga have very much been for the future, but they've been called upon. And, you know, whilst there's they're not the end product by any means. And there's a lot of, you know, issues and areas of development in their game still that they need to improve on, which is natural for 22-year-olds. You know, you don't expect them to be the finished article unless they're a world-class player. The yeah. levels of your Haaland's and your Mbappe's are in the similar age bracket. You don't expect that. But what we've got is we've got a hungry team. I and mean, you look at the way the team celebrates. Like, you look at the way in which you've got a player like Lacazette, who, whose future is uncertain. When Ngetti scored, and when Saka scored at Chelsea... Yeah, he was going mental. And when Xhaka scored, again, going mental, despite not being on the pitch. And it's this it's this mentality change that I think has made me such, has got so much respect for what Arteta's done at the club. I've got my cr- criticisms of him, as, as I'm sure pretty much everyone does, because, you know, he's made mistakes. You look at the Brighton game, the selection was awful. Like, you know, he's made mistakes and cost us in certain scenarios. But the change in the mentality of this team and the togetherness and the unity and the connection with the fans as well, is huge right now.
1: Sam Matterface on Talk Sport, literally an hour ago, and I was listening to some of his takeaways. and He said um, there was an injury or something had gone on, and all the Arsenal players went to Arteta, huddled around him, instruction, instruction, instruction. And the United players were sort of out in the field. I don't know what Ranick was doing. Um, and, and I think that is just a little small example. Of where Arsenal have had the edge on the other two in this top four race so far. And I say edge because yeah. we're one game away from it swinging the completely other way again. Um, you know, people might, I'm sure Tottenham fans are thinking, oh, we've got Leicester at home one, great, and then they got West Ham away. So let's leapfrog them before Liverpool, right? You know, that, that will be the mentality of both both sets of fans. Um, but but it is a little bit of a not a cliche, but it is a mm. little bit of a how do you quantify good energy, which Arteta likes to use that word, energy. How do you quantify Mm -hmm. feel-good factor and togetherness and all that? But that is something I really believe Arsenal have had over the other two. Now, I've always thought when you've got that little bit extra, that gets you over the line with titles and and cup finals or whatever. Top top four race, I've always felt actually isn't really as deep as that. It's kind of who can score their way to it, Um, which is why I've worried about the lack of goals in this team. But Spurs' goals have dried up and it's done us a bit of a favour. So, we might just have enough there. It's, it's. A, I've got to say, mm-hmm. this is the best f- season of football I can remember in a long time. Yeah. Um, from 100%. City and Liverpool battling it out, the top four race has been brilliant. Uh, and people don't forget that West Ham have more than played their part in that race as well mm-hmm. when they beat Chelsea, beat Liverpool. Um, although it's probably over for them after today. Um, yeah. Spurs, yeah. what a, you know, kind of what a story. Even though I hate them, um, from Nuno to Conte, who'd have thought that. Um, you've then got Man United who are kind of title contenders then lost it, Everton in a relegation battle Burnley sacking Sean Dyche I mean it's been
0: unbelievable And, and did you make of that went... decision? Sorry? I thought it was mad at the time to, to sack Sean Dyche but it... it looks like it's paying off at the moment Well
1: look, I, ultimately, ultimately they might get a manager bounce that will keep them up mm. I still think he'd have kept them up and I actually think long term you want Sean Dyche as your manager. Mm. I don't know who's better that they'll go get. But look, maybe I'm wrong. And I'd love to be wrong because I've had lots of people say, you've got rid of Emery Fratetto, who's a novice. What were you thinking? And, you know, it's looking okay at the moment. Um, mm. We'll see how it ends. Um, So, <laughs> don't, so don't, yeah. So, too much. It's, so, yeah. it's been a great, it's been a really great season of football. If you're a neutral, you just love football for the game. Mm-hmm. You must be absolutely loving what's going on. I think the championship's pretty exciting as well from what I can see. So, um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. even from an Arsenal perspective though just from a blinkered point of view it's been one of the best seasons you know that we've had that we can get behind the last one obviously you think of is Emery's first season um, uh, where we finished one point off and obviously we lost the Europa League final but that season finished in in a very different manner you know when you look at the games that we dropped points in leading to that end of season it was an awful end and mm. that's the difference is and i think that could be the difference that we look at between emery and arteta this season is is will the team buckle like it did under emory at the end of that season or will it push on this season and the togetherness and that because yeah. the squad fell away from emery so quickly after that you know failure in the europa league final and and the top four failure as well if you can see a difference between the squads. It is how connected this group of players is to their manager. And you think that that would be the telling difference between the two.
1: Yeah. And, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Some people have drawn a line and said, if Arteta gets fourth, you give him another year, you give him more money, whatever. If he doesn't, you move on. Mm -hmm. I've seen enough in terms of the, not just on the pitch, because on the pitch, it's been a little, it's been a little up and down. Actually, I'm being way too kind. It's been very up and down. Um, (laughs) But but yeah. um, I've seen enough that I would give him another summer, kind of regardless. Unless it, mm. if he loses his next five, then you're thinking, I okay, guess, pretty bad. <laughs> um, mm. But let's say he misses out by a point or two, that will be heart that will be heartbreaking because of who we're losing it to, and we missed the Champions League so much. But I really think I've seen enough, and I'm ready to see another year. Of Arteta's Arsenal, um, with hopefully more of his players, and we'll get into the transfer stuff later, as he said. Mm. Um, but you know, comparing it to the end of season with Emery, Emery had some bad results in there, and the side never really looked like it could bounce back from it. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was. I think a part of it was Emery kind of compromised on his principles a little bit. You know, he, he kind of went from a four-two-two-two to a. Five three five two to four three three did a bit of everything. Mm. Um, and you didn't, you know, what was hard for Arsenal fans was understanding what they were getting behind. And Arsenal, you know, it's easy to say you should love your club regardless, and no matter what, you support them through thick and thin. That's true, but the difference between I'm um, turning up to support and hope for the best, and mm. I am going to get this team over the line as well, is understanding what it is you're supporting and buying into. And that's the one thing Arteta's has really got right this year. Um, even when he went to a three-at-the-back against Chelsea, he didn't fully compromise on his principles. The football was still very similar. The playing out the back was still brave. The pressing was still good. He just added that little bit of layer of protection against United. Brings back Cedric because he wants to chase the game and he's decided he doesn't want White at right-back. He wants to, you mm. know, give it a real go against United. Um, and we weren't brilliant. In fact, it was a pretty chaotic, messy performance.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of fact, our. I think it was our worst defensive performance of the season, besides the Man City five nil. I think, that's, nil. I think yeah. that's absolutely
1: fair. Um, yeah, and you're right. We did. We lost five 0 at a, a City. Bloody hell. Mm. Um, yeah, Liverpool's better. The Anfield Liverpool performance was better. They just had quality yeah. that ripped it was through it? us, right? So, so this is where I think Arsenal and Arsenal fans, there's an understanding. There's there is. I get what you're trying to do, and you get what we're about um and it's been you know i thought the emirates was just it was just a pleasure yesterday It was what football's all about you know from the the build-up to the game the singing on the train and out finsbury park tube or wherever you came out from and you know then you got kids with balls in the street you know as the players drive off after the game i went to the fan cams after everyone's in great spirits out in the sun the celebrations did you see the picture of robin the crowd
0: Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. I mean, you know, just
0: and everyone in that picture, just pure mm-hmm.
1: delirium, if that's even a word. Yeah. Um,
0: Harry Simeon put up a brilliant picture of him, uh, the professional yes. talking to Premier League, and then you know the fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a great photo. I, I saw that. Yeah. That was class, and um, and that was what yes it was all about. Mm. But so, I mean, then I'm going to ask you: Is that enough for top four? Is that enough to get us over?
0: Man, the biggest meme of the season has been the guy holding up the metal pole uh, with Arsenal labelled as the person doing the hitting, the pole being Arsenal, and the person is hitting being Arsenal. Because that is, we are the reason that we won't get top four. It won't because of how bad spurs or united have been and sure they've not been as good as we expect them to be but you know we've elevated ourselves to be in this race we you still have to be good enough to be in the race yourselves but if we miss out it will be because of us It, it will be because we have not been good enough or you know, there's some things to do. we can talk about injuries. We can talk about Partey and Tierney and yeah. Tommy Asu, but thank God Tommy Asu's back because I think you know, talking of timing, that that's the best time we could have had to bring Tommy Asu back now because Cedric Absolutely. looked out of it. I thought that was probably the worst performance of Cedric I've seen in an Arsenal shirt. So well, also huge.
1: we learn a lot about Tavares, mm. you know, and and mm. some people might say we knew this, but Tavares, who I thought had actually pretty good first half, had a. A, a disaster in the oh, second yeah. I struggle to think of a worst performance across 45 minutes um, yet this might just be because we won I still love him <laughs> like he's got this um, <laughs> Chaos he, I factor. don't know how to explain it he's got this kind of um, kind of yeah well I mean that's me kind of I'm, I'm nuts and that's kind of what you sign up yeah, for and, I do
0: like that Yeah.
1: you know and he might he'll get you the goal and he might drop a shoulder cut inside and then smash hell. it wildly Wesley did yeah. that it was a lovely bit of skill then he drilled <laughs> it into you are going oh I don't know where to credit yeah. you because you made it happen But then you ruined it you know and then he gives away a penalty probably should have given away a second it- one
0: He's Run promising, raggedy. isn't he? It's promising you see from him. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. the cut, the cut insides and then the, the wild smash. And I remember the interview he did when he joined. He says, I can shoot with my right foot. And then in the first yeah. pre-season game, he scored with his right foot yeah. against Rangers. I'm like, wow, we've got a hell of a kid here you know, yeah. coming in. And then uh, it's just it's just the composure, it's just that last, it's the diff- The difference between great players and world-class players is people talk about touch, it's the touch of a player, it's how they take the ball, and it's how they get that final yeah. shot off yeah. and I don't think he's a top-class player or anywhere near world-class talent, maybe he would be one day, I mean we've seen some chaotic players I mean, João Cancelo was chaotic when he was a youngster, um, playing for Valencia yeah. he was chaotic and then you see the maturity from going to Inter Milan and Juventus and and now Man City of course as well, so Look, I think there's a lot more to come from from Nuno Tavares, but yeah, look, he's he's not the he's not the finished article. Well,
1: someone pointed out. I saw the picture of his celebration, mm. and I, I'm going to ruin it if I try and do it. But he basically did something like this, and I okay. thought, okay, well, what's he doing? That's he said. This is basically that's the cannon. That's the Arsenal cannon. Oh, and wow. I, thought, I absolutely it. love it. You're a fan favorite. <laughs> yeah, give him the armband. He's been he's sitting at AI. home just like,
0: oh, oh, hold on a sec, guys. I could do a cannon with my finger. I've got no idea. <laughs> Something like that. Oh,
1: yeah, can't. that makes anyway. sense. Yeah, cannon. And I get it. Go find the, yeah, everyone watching this, go find the picture of his celebration. Well, actually, go find his tweet. And he tweeted, mm. cannon loaded. And someone says that is that cannon? I thought, oh, I love it. And you're going you to know all Arsenal fans will be going around just doing that or whatever now. Um, so, I mean, but that is part of the reason why we love these young players. It's their personality. It's their... It's the way they conduct themselves it's you know you're looking at um smith ron's hacker you know the photo shoot after with Henry and Burkamp. um so wholesome you know we love it and yeah that's another part of why we're buying these players so look there's a lot to be positive about there is are we capable of losing the next three yes we have proven we can do that um but i think you've got to sometimes look at the bigger picture and, and i think to be fair most arsenal fans after that three defeats those three defeats i think did look at the bigger picture and say it's a shame rather than i'm annoyed typical they've done it again bottlers i think it was more it's a shame because of how well we've done but we've turned it back around
0: we absolutely have. Um, we've been ignorant of the chat box. And I want to jump in and get some comments flowing um, as well. If you have been throwing in questions, uh, we're going to be going for about an hour and a half. So we're going to put the questions to the end. So uh, there'll be plenty of time for us to go for a QA and a session uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, Paul says Tavares is the love child of Aboué and Andre Santos. Still love him though. And he's scored so I can forgive his frailties. Uh, Louis says Kolasinac vibes from him. Good attacking, horrible defender. That's harsh, you know. Kolasinac was an experienced player when he joined Arsenal in his uh, mid to late 20s and then continued yeah. to be quite poor. I mean, Tavares oh. is 22. And I think Tavares
1: more... is more going forward, personally. He just looks a bit more vibrant. Um, Absolutely.
0: I mean, the, yeah. the assist for Saka in the Newcastle game earlier in the season, that it's that, you know, that piece of... And actually, those games against Newcastle, Leicester, Aston Villa, Watford he kept Tinney out the team Tinney was injured but came back and he was on the bench for a fair few games up until all well, that liverpool disaster to be honest when he you know he played the pass back into jota but he he deserved to be the starter in those games and actually one of the big reasons i think that he was is cuz tommy asu was on the right hand side and you know he brings that balance to the back four when when cedric was there you know cedric was fine when Tinney was there because tinny provided the balance but lose both of those two players and all of a sudden you've got a very chaotic formula of, of two fullbacks and yeah. that leaves you very exposed.
1: I, I think that is absolutely it. We we went to Leicester, played very well. We had to both attack brilliantly and defend and really dig in. And Tavares did really well in that game and we were coming away from it going, wow, what a player we've got here. Um, you, you know, I, I think I think Tomiassi is a big part of it's weird, right? Because one plays right on the right and one plays on the left. And it's not like they ever exchange passes or cross paths in any way. But mm. there is definitely something about you know Gabriel and White being able to shuffle a little bit to cover Tavares because you've got Tomiasi, who's essentially a centre back converted right back. Um and, and he and it does kind of offset the limitations, yeah, with Tavares. Um mm. but you know, and, and actually going to the Liverpool game, a lot of people wanted Tierney back in that team, but as a third centre-back with Tavares left wing-back. So people were even saying, well, we should have Tierney, but let's not drop Tavares. He's been brilliant. So I think people are very quick to forget that there was a point first half of the season where he did very well for us. And then after Forrest, I think it attached a little bit of a reputation to him that I thought was a bit unfair. And well, I say it was unfair because he did have a shocker <laughs> against United that second half. Um, but I definitely think he gives you something. This isn't a player that I look at and think, Oh, look, he really weakens our team. I kind of think for his weaknesses, you do get something going the other way.
0: I think so. Um, Amir in the chat box says, Tom, can we please talk about Mer- Martin Urdegod?" Um, I love <laughs> we've that. Coined the phrase. Uh, Vinny, one of our members, has coined the phrase in the chat box recently. Um He had the captain's armband for the last three, I want to say three, four fixtures um, since Tierney's been out and since Lacazette's not started. So yeah, the Chelsea game certainly uh, and the Southampton game again. Yeah, so the last three games he's been captain. Is he, do you think he's the right choice for next season? Because Tierney, of course, is the Mm. deputy to Lacazette at the moment. Lacazette's going to go. I think we all pretty much have made our peace with that now. Tierney, when he's fit, I I think he's the one that will be given it because I just think he's there. But Do you think that Odegaard can do anything in these last few games to show Arteta that he deserves to be the captain? And do you think that would be the right choice? I
1: sort of see issues with each candidate. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you probably looked across the Premier League, is there a perfect candidate? I mean, maybe Van Dijk. He doesn't even wear the armband, does he? It's Henderson. Um. I mean, let's go through. I mean, I'm going to start with Granit Xhaka. I'm not saying he's my number one, but... Mm. I think some people feel just after the way it ended the last time he had the armband, there's kind of no way he could possibly have it back and maybe he's thriving off not wearing the armband. That could be true. Um, Mm. I also think there's still, Jack has been very good for us recently and put in immense captain-like performances in the last two games. Um, But there's always this feeling that come the summer, we'll probably still need to upgrade. And I don't, I mean, hmm. I always think, I know you know, you would mean. he get into live what's that, Tom? Sorry.
0: I know what you mean. No, go on, so I'll just say yeah.
1: You know, like would he would he start for Liverpool? No. Would he start for City? No. Well, if that's the level we want to get to if we're in the Champions League next year, well then that kinda answers your question. Whereas I could in my head see Partey starting for those two. I could in my head see other getting game time for those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. won't dwell on it too much because I really like Jacker and I don't want it to be an opportunity to yeah. criticize him. But otherwise, I do think you know, and we've got the past. He'd be a mm-hmm. very good candidate for it. Um, I think Kieran Tierney is definitely a candidate. I have this horrible feeling—not this summer, but next summer—I have a feeling we might be looking to replace him. You know, you I know? think. I think injuries are a thing.
0: He's mm-hmm. it also... not an Arteta signing as well. What's that? Sorry. He's not an Arteta signing, like he wasn't he's Arteta signing. Yeah.
1: And I wonder whether he's the complete package as a modern day fullback,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which sounds crazy, right? Very no, good. It doesn't,
0: it really doesn't. You it's know. something that we've discussed on the channel a lot recently okay. is whether or not, you know, if say Real Madrid came in with 50 million pounds, would you accept it? And you know, I, I think I would if you could, if you told me that. I wouldn't just accept it off the basis that, you know, they, they bidded and now we've got a final left-back. If you'd said to me that, you know, we were going out and signing, a, you know, as good of a replacement, but someone who remains fitter um, than him... but. It, the thing with Tierney is, is the leadership side of his game. You know, the communication, the, yeah. the inspirational side of his game. So that's what you've got to find if you lose him. It's not just the quality; it's the character that you have to find in him if you replace and
1: him. And I and I think ultimately there will be in certain teams, there are players who won't have the same quality, but mm. they do have those other things, and they're still just as important to the team. I love Kieran Tierney. Listen, mm. he can drop a shoulder, beat a man, and whip it in the box, kind of old school yeah. gareth bale style um and he is very good defensively so y- you know you're probably thinking what on earth do you want from a fullback then i kind of think in a system where you're playing kind of both midfield and fullback but sometimes you gotta hug the touchline you gotta beat your 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 fullback both on the outside and the inside i look at what trent can sell over James do, and i just sort of think do i think he's on their level no and i actually think mm. he's quite far off it even though I think he's still a very, very good fullback, So, I, I I don't know. But listen, I love him. So, he could be it. And Odegaard, I mean, Odegaard, you can talk about his class all you want. He seems to be a, a coach on the pitch, telling everyone where to go, leading yeah. the press, leads from the mm-hmm. front. I think he embodies what Arteta loves in a player, which is doesn't panic, keeps the ball, will play that risky pass, but when he knows it's on. Um, and I think he just embodies the manager on the pitch. Some yeah. people might say that's not a good thing. Um, but for me, it is. Um, and I just love watching him play. I mean, there were moments where he thought, oh, he's lost the ball. Oh, no, he hasn't. And yeah, then he nutmegs Varane and the mm. little dink into Saka that wins us the penalty. He had a few moments like that. I, I, I think he's class. I think he's absolutely class. And, you know, I thought he schooled Bruno Fernandes yesterday a little bit on how to be... He's better than 10.
0: Him. I'm going to put this out there. I know that Bruno's at United right now, um, and United are a bit of a mess. Mm. But you know, it's about consistency. It's about character. It's about attitude. And you know, if you're using that, he's he's a better. I'd I wouldn't swap him. I wouldn't swap him for Bruno Fernandez. Call like that Bruno a hot Fernand- take, but I wouldn't yeah. swap him for Bruno Fernandez.
1: No, well, God, no, I, I wouldn't. No, not at all. I mean, two things. is a style thing, right? For me, I love a, I love a number ten slash you know playmaker who wants to combine link move it pass and move keep mm. the game flowing i've always loved this kind of place why i love tiago's why i love fabregas oh, it's why Thiago's i, I loved yeah. cazorla i love them and it's why i never fell in love with a forget, forget the fact he was a spurs player it's why i never loved a deli alley even in his pomp at spurs i couldn't quite appreciate him in the same way i appreciated christian erickson um mm. because they the 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 high volume of goals and assists I, I don't know. It is so impressive. The numbers were brilliant. And Fernandez's numbers at United last season were fantastic. Yeah. And if what? Who's more likely to win you the game? Odegaard or Fernandez by putting it in the top corner from 30 yards? It's Bruno. It absolutely mm. is. But but, yeah, I, but I, this I, I season, I'll I I
0: tell you, Odegaard's more likely to find that killer pass than Bruno is.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's true even outside of this season. Well, Bruno has, yeah. Listen, both top players, <laughs> but I think they're different. I think yeah, they're yeah. different. And for me, well, I much prefer Odegaard and his style. Listen, could we be in a year or two's time here where where Bruno Fernandes has had a year of Eric Ten Hag um, and he's kind of cultured him a little bit and and taught him how to look after the ball a bit better, give him better options, give him better runners. And we're sitting here saying, oh, Bruno, what a fabulous player. Absolutely. But I I kind of think the same of Odegaard. Give him even more quality in front of him, better cohesion, and we'll see him doing even more. So, yeah, both great players. I wouldn't trade Odegaard.
0: No. Um, I want to go on to transfers. Before I do, though, there's one other topic, uh, which is Antonio Conte uh, that mm. I wanted to quickly discuss about. Uh, I know you love your stats, uh, James. Uh, and one of my favourite stats that I've been using in the last 24 hours has been that when Antonio Conte took over at Spurs, they were two points behind us and played the same amount of games. And five months later, Spurs are two points behind us with the same amount of games played. What does that, what does that mean? about Conte and what does that mean about Arteta and what does that mean about Arsenal and Spurs Ah, <sighs> what does it mean because the whole you know he strengthened in January we didn't strengthen in January and yet and they've got two world class players in my opinion in Kane and Son and they're still two points behind us
1: I find the Spurs such a weird side <laughs> um, I really do I yeah. really do um, what does it say I really will answer that properly at the end of the season. Um, mm. Not just to kind of save of my ass yeah. a little bit on stream, but because we're one game away from that stat, complete non-existing. Then we're, mm-hmm. we're two games away from it being, you know, true again. It, I, you know, it's... What does it tell us? What does it tell us? The thing tells us that Conte hasn't had the big immediate impact we thought he would. I know a lot of Spurs fans feel that they've really not got a good side there. In terms of you know players, I don't think you have to have a great side to get into the top four, and they've got the one thing Arsenal and United don't really. Why well, don't United have Ronaldo? But Son and Kane in form, mm. who can you know Villa battered them, and Spurs won four nil. Mm. That's, that's Kane and Son. Yeah, that is Kane and Son.
0: I wouldn't say but, we have a great team. Like if you're defining great team in the terms of top four quality. And by top four quality you're in a top four with chelsea united and sorry chelsea city and liverpool you know i wouldn't say that we have what i thought was a top four team at the start of the season and we've not added to it in fact we've made it worse because we've we've got rid of players in january so but kane and son are top four quality you know I'd, i'd take them an instant
1: they, they, they are listen they are they they should be playing Champions League football they're on that level Kulazewski's been fantastic I like mm-hmm. Benton Kerr I think Hoybier oh, does a job in there um, I think Romero Dyer Davis is a very sensible back three and they've got a good goalkeeper I think there's more than enough there for them to get into the top four which is why why two things A I won't write them off now but B when they went to Old Trafford I wanted United to win that game everyone else wanted a draw I wanted United to win
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I knew it was Spurs. I'd be looking at and thinking, I don't want them to get those extra points. Blah blah. Yeah. Yep. Um. Conte has had moments where you think it's clicked, and he's found he's found the cheat code. Get it into Kane and Son will fire and get the wing backs into the box. And there are times where I've been really impressed by them. But Spurs have this ability to lose games that they absolutely deserve to lose. Like I know, no. I know they win games. That they didn't deserve to win. Leicester, something that like,
0: Villa, yeah,
1: yeah. Leicester, they played well, but you know, to get two goals in the final minute is unbelievable. Yeah. Villa, you know, the chances Villa missed. They went four 0 Watford, Watford penalty. Spurs win. Mm-hmm. We've had a few, but they've had they've had quite a lot. Man this City, season, you would though. say,
0: deserved to beat them, but you know, they were just yeah. going on the counter across yeah. both games. So,
1: but Spurs also have this ability. You know, the way we lost to Brighton and Southampton but we had like 20-plus shots in each. Mm -hmm. And we probably had more of the territory. And actually, we have a goal disallowed here, and that's cleared off the line, and Forster has a worldie. And you're tearing your hair up because you're not clinical. But really, deep down, you know Arsenal were the better team in that game. Mm -hmm. Spurs have dropped five points to Brighton and Brentford and absolutely didn't deserve anything out of either of them. Mm -hmm. Brighton were the better team on their patch. Brentford were the better team. Should have won the game. And I don't know how many times Arsenal... Have had that kind of game. They've lost again. They shouldn't have lost. But I've watched it and I've gone, well, of course we lost. We were terrible. Probably Palace. Probably Palace twice were the two games where I thought they just battered us. They've been brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's where I think Spurs are very funny. They can, they can have these performances where you just think they really don't look good. Um, but I will not write them off. Oh my word, I won't. I won't do it. Come. No, not at all. Not oh, while well, they've yeah. got
0: Kane and Zon. Uh, that that I believe those two are bigger than Conte as a factor to get into top four. Because, I, think so. I mean, as I said, with the whole point system, you know, Nuno was two points behind us before he got sacked, and they've remained two points behind us with without that change uh, change in manager. And I think that Kane always tends to start the season slow anyway, so you yeah. know this this upturn in form is always naturally going to happen. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, you can't rule them out, but what you do think about Spurs and what we do say about Spurs is that when it comes to, you know, the, the moments that really matter, that's when they're at their weakest. Um, and I'm hoping that's going to happen again. Uh, Lynn in the chat box says Conte is an elite manager, but the difference between Mikel has got, he's got what he knows that it means to wear the shirts. And that is what Mikel has instilled into the squad. And that is the mentality that has unified them as a team. Uh, do absolutely have to agree with that. A lot of people are asking about this um, PSG news that you probably have seen drop this evening. It's so funny. Do you think that's going to affect... Do you think that affects them going into these last five games?
1: The reason I don't is because I think Spurs... Actually, I was speaking to Spurs fan the other day who Mm. said this. I think as a club, players included fans, I think they know they're quite lucky to have Conte. This is a guy who goes to clubs to win no, titles. Of course they are. Yeah. It's
0: Spurs and it's Antonio Conte. Yeah,
1: of I'm, course. I'm trying to be pretty polite, but you are <laughs> you yeah, don't need exactly. to be. <laughs> no, fair enough. We are on the Guna talk. Um, no, you're right. Um, they know they're lucky to have him. So I think there's an element of let him say what he wants let him do what he wants. As long as he's delivering results, we don't care. Um, mm. I don't know if that would fly at many other clubs. Um, I, think it, I think he's got that position of power. How many times has he called out the people upstairs and threatened to leave and whatever um doesn't surprise me for one wouldn't it would not surprise me for one second if psg if if he said to psg listen i'll take that job um but 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 but, i think despite all that i do believe he remains committed to the cause and what i mean by that is i don't think he does his job half-heartedly away from it all i'm sure he's sounding out better opportunities or whatever but i think on the job he's doing absolutely everything he can he gives 100 i think he hates losing Mm -hmm. I think he would see getting Tottenham into the top four ahead of Arsenal being at their best for a few years and United being who United are with the players they've got. Then he'd see getting them into the top four as a massive achievement and a big tick on his C V. Um, so he will give it his all, but would he you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he left at the end of the season. Um actually that's a lie. I say that because of the Conte and everything you know, and everything that surrounds him. I would be quite surprised. I think he'd want to lose the summer. To see if he can kick them on another level, but I, I think, think a lot PSG's of it is down the to what he can be bothered to do. Jump for it. He Conte has shown that when he can't be bothered, he can't be bothered. You know, he has, he has <laughs> kind of shown that. You know, I don't mean on the yeah. job, I mean, start of the season, oh, Inter Milan, got to sell a few players. I'm not convinced. You know, they can't course. back me in the world. Yeah, I'll jump ship. He has shown that. Um, so you know, maybe if he doesn't get top four and then the remit next year is you gotta to get us top four or win the Europa League, you might think. I'm really not up for this. Um,
0: or I can go but, to PSG and play in the, you know, not play, but, you know, coach the Champions League and try and get this club a Champions League. Has he yeah, won a Champions League? He hasn't. He hasn't. No, he hasn't, would no, has be he. a good opportunity. And you're not going to win one with Spurs, are you? Let's be real. So, I really I mean,
1: hope not. They they gave us a fright a couple of years ago. They did indeed. Um, yeah.
0: you, do you, does that worry you then? Because the natural replacement would be Pochettino, who got them to that final. If he returns... I'm going to be honest, that worries me more, Poch going back to Spurs. People talk about him being a bottler and them being bottlers, Mm. but he got them to a Champions League final, and you know he got them into the top four a fair couple of times at least. That that worries me more than Conte being there, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've got to live with the reality and fact that they're not little old Tottenham anymore. Listen, they haven't won a trophy for 11, 12 years, and we've Mm. all enjoyed that very much um actually longer i can't remember how long it's been anyway um yeah longer 14 maybe anyway they haven't, they haven't won a trophy for a long long time um the, the the most they've got to shout about the last kind of couple of years is finishing in the champions league and the champs league final um i think we've got to just accept that they're going to be going for maybe not that top caliber of managers i say that they've got conte now um but you know they they are trying to and they are semi-competing with the best and we've got to just hope that we do our thing right and mm-hmm. and not worry about what they're doing but we do our thing i, I think this Conte Spurs thing could be so interesting because i'll never write him off either they they could make a couple really shrewd signings and by december maybe be challenging for the title they could also have lost poch uh, sorry lost conte um and it kind of falls apart i really yeah. don't know i really don't know that team
0: they're a chaos, they're, they're a chaos factor it Spurs, they're unpredictable, you don't know what's going to happen with them and that makes them annoyingly dangerous. Um, we've got 12 minutes before we go into the Q&A section and we're going to use that 12 minute to discuss everyone's favourite topic, which of course is transfers. Um, but before we do, uh, there's over a thousand of you watching, if you could drop a like on the video Really would appreciate that. Um, and we're only 17 subscribers away from hitting 31,000. So if you would like to wow, join us, do. we do uh, 8 a.m. shows, UK time every single day. Uh, we're Keeping you up to date with all the latest Arsenal news and reactions. We do interviews like this with fantastic guests like James, of course, who you can check out on AFTV and plenty of other guests as well that I'm sure you will recognise and some that you won't and some that you should certainly uh, be aware of who they are because we get some fantastic people onto the show. But uh, let's kick on with transfers, James, and <laughs> let's start with everyone's favourite position as well as everyone's favourite topic, which is strikers. Uh, just straight up, who do you want? Who's the striker that you would like to see lead the line for Arsenal next season, and why?
1: Um, I would love Gabriel Jesus. I would. Is your number one
0: choice? That's. that's I don't really know. Yeah, see, is he my number one? I feel like we need two, so I'll let you go for two. Yeah. 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 He's in my two. So, yeah.
1: I know, I know, I see the names. Darwin Nunes, Ossiman. <laughs> I see them. Great talents. Lautaro Martinez. One of them could come in and be our Luis Suarez. That kind of, well, you know he's good, but how good is he? Oh, Sonny, you're changing for the title. You know, they could be that. Mm. They could also be your... Soldado. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah.
1: And, and I'm not saying they are because they're clearly very talented players, which is why I would err on the side of caution. And I think I would do Gabriel Jesus and hear me out. Ivan Tony. Mm. I think mm. in there, you've got three very different options with Martinelli as well being the third.
0: And Balogun as well. Of course.
1: We've got Balogun be. to talk about who I think is the most out and out number nine. Actually, Mm. Tony. Well, that we've got anyway now.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Um, I think Tony is a real handful. I think he is the kind of player that you might forgive him only getting 10 to 15 league goals a season because what he's done to get you up the pitch and get you forward and the link-up play is so good. Uh, Threat from set pieces. You've got to think as well, you know, would 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 Arsenal fashion more chances than Brentford over a season? You'd bloody hope so. Um, Jesus I love because I think he's worked with Arteta he's shown yeah. he can score goals in the Premier League he can play right left down the middle he gives us an interchangeability if you sign two strikers they're both firing you don't feel mm. you need to drop one or the other Abanen was a striker we had that could play wide but he could play wide as a runner not as a build link. up beating his man link up play and Jesus does have that in fact Guardiola's used him down the right quite a few times because his ability to make the run from out to in and Carl Walker finding him or De Bruyne finding him is is superb. And Artesco got a very good record of working with young wingers from Saka to Sane to Sterling to Martinelli, Smith-Rowe and Jesus is one of them. So uh, those are my two. I'd go with Tony and Jesus. I know that that is probably quite uninspiring for a lot. I don't think it is. But so are White and Ramsdale.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) this is what I was going to say, James, is that one of the big things that why i praise arteta uh for the recruitment side and it's not been perfect don't get me wrong you know we've made mistakes january was a big mess up massive mess up and if we don't make top four that will be the key reason in my view why we don't make it it's because it's because of january but the thing that arteta has changed as as well as the rest of the recruitment team is that we started to do something that we hadn't done in 10 years which maybe even more than that which is to go to another premier league club and go and say, we want that player. That guy that's starting for you every week and is smashing it for you every week, we want them. And we wanted Ben White and we got him. And whilst Ramsdale, you know, was at the Championship at the time, you know, he'd been relegated from the Premier League twice. He was the player of the season for both Bournemouth and Sheffield United. And we went and got their best player. And it's ironic because the thing that elevated Spurs from being a mid-table team to challenging with us for top four every year is because that's what they did. They went out and signed Musa Dembele from Fulham and Clint Dempsey. And they brought in these, you know, these Premier League players, the best players in other Premier League teams. Wanyama. They got Wanyama, exactly. Another really good example. Um, they That's what they did. They went and got those players. Yes, they added some, you know, duds, like, as you mentioned, Soldado, Lamella, etc. They're the ones, ironically, that they spent the most on. Um and then the cheap ones, The I think Christian Eriksen was only something like 10 million quid they got from Ajax, something silly like that, similar to Coutinho, of course, coming from Inter Milan to Liverpool. It's always the, the small cheap ones that surprise everybody. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's what we've not done. We've not done that enough. We've gone and got Welbeck and Willian and Cedric and David Luiz, players that were surplus to check, players that were surplus to requirements at other Premier League clubs. And that's why your suggestions of Jesus, who does start, I know it's difficult to say because he's not starting every week, but who does for Manchester City? There's not many of the players in that team, especially when you're competing with Mares and Grealish and Foden yeah. and Bernardo Silva. Uh, it's just so many players available to, to, yeah. to choose from. You're never going to start every week at City in that squad. But he does start and he's got capabilities of scoring. I think he's been used. in so it's like signing two players when you sign Jesus because he can play so well at right and, exactly. and through the middle and to a lesser extent on the left as well. I I like Tony from his footballing standpoint. What I would ask you about that is, does his attitude concern you? Because we've seen a couple of videos, you know, the F Brentford, the no one special comments. Does that bother you? And do you think that Arteta may steer clear of him because of things like that? Or do you think that he would see it as a, you know, something that he can change and turn around?
1: Yeah, that's a great, that is a good point. There have been certain things that I've thought if I were a Brentford fan, I wouldn't like that. Mm. Um I've never seen a performance that makes me think he's not committed to it though.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Seen so, you know, I've seen a, I've seen a few comments. And a lot of people weren't happy with the Tony suggestion. I think the thing I'd say is you know, Firmino's worn the number 9 shirt for Liverpool for 5 years and he has contributed goals and mm. you know, but but what he's contributed away from that is far greater. And I just want people to look beyond the Tony's, you know, finishing or his um, kind of how much of a you know, goal threat he is. Yeah, I see someone who'd be brilliant defending set-pieces, brilliant attacking set-pieces, and would link up brilliantly with the young, creative midfielders we've got, who have shown they can contribute goals, like Smith-Rowe, and Martinelli. Mm-hmm. Odegaard even contributed a few. That's why I like Tony. Yeah, the attitude thing's a good question. Um, but it's never really been a problem for Brentford. You know, I've kind of always thought, oh, that looks, that sounds bad. And then he's mm. played and they've kind of gone with it. So um yeah, I, I guess that's the one thing I'd say. Um look, in a dream in a dream world, I'd love us to go get Zhao Felix. You know, perfect really? for
0: that that's interesting.
1: Potentially perfect for that a i hold my hands up. I don't watch a lot of football outside England. No, I no, do, no, no. I dabble into it and I keep up yeah. with it. Um you know, I know more than the average person, probably. But um, I couldn't tell you whether João Felix has been a, a real success or a real flop at Atletico. I think he's probably somewhere in between. He's probably been a good player for them from I agree, what I understand. Yeah. Um, but not what they thought they were getting with the money they spent. No,
0: um, it was never worth that. But it, neither was Griezmann moving to Barca for that much. Neither was Pepe. Yeah. Like Players who move for those figures yeah. are never worth that amount of money. No. The only players that you would say is, you know, the Neymars and Bappes of this world. Like, they're the exactly. only ones that are... Oh, Absolutely, yeah,
1: spot on. Uh I think he he fits that false nine role very well. Uh drops into midfield, links it nicely. I would like Arsenal to go and sign a, another forward. I don't mean just striker. Maybe mm-hmm. why I like the idea of Jesus, but I'd really mm-hmm. like us to go get like a Rafinha from Leeds or like another yeah. wide player. Cody
0: Gakpo's posed um, the one for me in that kind of role. Yeah, the wide player. Yeah.
1: Again, don't know too goals, much about 15
0: him. fifteen assists is mad for a twenty-two-year-old. I know he's playing at PSV yeah. in the Eredivisie, but still, for a wide player to score seventeen odd goals and get fifteen assists as well is mental. Yeah, absolutely mental. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I like that kind of player. I, I, I think I do think we need a little bit more out wide um, potentially. I think Saka needs a bit of help. Um, and I love do you think Rafinha, Pepe. You know will go? Right? What's that? Sorry.
0: Do you think Pepe will go?
1: Yeah, I think Pepe will go. Yeah. Um, and I think that's I think it's not a shame, but I I do think he'll leave with us feeling like we never really played him in a system that helped him or suited him. Yeah. Um Saka hugs the touchline. Mm. Pepe wants to get in the Salah position. He wants mm. to be in a really tight front three, getting nearer to goal, going from left to right, down the middle everything. I don't think we ever gave him that. But then at the same yeah. time, I don't think he, he's really made the most of his opportunities across the three years he's been in. Um, no. while he's had some great moments don't get me wrong so so I love a Jesus I love a Tony Premier League proven I would see what we could do for a Rafinha because he reminds me of Mahrez you know the kind of player who I think Saka's got this a little bit but I think maybe because he's young I don't know you know the kind of player who when it's pinged wide to him and he's one-on-one he takes a brilliant first touch He's one one-on-one with the fullback and you go oh my god yeah we're, we're finished here do you know what I mean
0: yeah, I know, it doesn't exactly. matter who
1: your fallback is. You know he's going to terrorise them. Yeah, and I think Rafinha's got a bit of that. Um, so we'll we'll see. But I think this is the summer that Arteta finally starts going. My foundations are there. Time to sprinkle some quality in that final third.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just before I give you my chat box, if if you would like to have a question thrown in, then please do use a capital Q. It helps them stand out a lot in the chat and we'll go through in the next 30 minutes to round off the show. Yeah, I agree with Jesus. I really like him. Uh, I think he's a player that would add a lot of creativity and link up as well. I think people underestimate kind of how good he is because they look at his goal record as kind of the standout and think Mm -hmm. he's not scoring enough goals for a Manchester City team. But... I actually think given the confidence and the responsibility to be more of a starter in a team like Arsenal, I think he could flourish. So I, I think Jesus would be a, a really good option. The striker has remained for me, Patrick Schick. I, I Just the characteristics of him, quite mm. similar to Tony, actually. You know, aerially very good, not slow. He used to play on the wing, so he's got speed about yeah. his game as well. People think and look back to his time at Roma and RB Leipzig and like, mm, are we sure? But I actually think he's a bit of... He's like Olivier Giroud, but better in regards to him being kind like of a late bloomer in his career. Sure. And I think that's certainly what's happening with Patrick Schitt, despite being rated very highly when he was very young. I think actually, you know, he's coming good in in the latter years of his. I say latter years. He's twenty six. It's not exactly like he's old. Yeah. He's got another five years, even maybe more at the top. So, and when you're only being beaten by Robert Lewandowski in your respective league, and when it's the Bundesliga as well, which isn't, is is very very good. Sure, haaland has been injured, but uh, you know, Schick's been very very good. Although well, maybe we need seven. a twenty six year old. Maybe we need. This is a... what I think as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Jesus is is certainly someone I like because. I don't whilst I like us reducing the age profile of the squads I think there's been po- points during the season where the kids have looked around for a leader and it's not been there. I think the Brighton game in particular was Jacker at left back there wasn't anyone senior centrally because it yeah. was Odegaard and Leconga and, Le um, and Smith Rowe and Martinelli you know I don't think they had that senior figure to look yeah. to and I think that's what you need and if you have say a Shik which I think Lacazette fulfills kind of that guidance role, but he's just not of the quality that we need yeah. now in that role. I think you need that, that experience. Yeah. I think that's a great things.
1: point, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, actually saying he's twenty six. In my head he was twenty three, twenty four, but yeah. You know, great, great shout, absolutely. Um
0: Central midfield. Yeah. Oh, central midfield. This is a horrible one because it's really difficult. And I think it's a testament to Granite Xhaka mm. how hard it is to find an upgrade on him.
1: Yeah, I also think before you're picking a your midfielder, you're really wrestling with who the pro- what the profile is. Mm-hmm. So we were linked with Artamello. I know it's not worked yeah. out brilliantly for him at Juve. I was mm-hmm. delighted with that because I think on that left side of the central midfield three, you want someone who can almost do a little bit what Odegaard does, but is a little bit more robust. Yeah. And the player that comes to mind as a, a fit is uh, Gundogan. You know, you know, he's got I said the this the other day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's hot, he can drive, yeah. He's he can run with the ball. He's a good dribbler, superb passer. But he's not, a, he's no, he's no lightweight. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's tenacious. He's strong. Mm-hmm. So who is there? I mean, Nunes, a sporting Lisbon.
0: Yeah. See, I, you say Gundogan, I said Gini Alden. I know he's 31. Yeah. Great example. I, I would go for someone like him because I think he would add the, you know, the experience. I don't think there's a glut of, of brilliant midfielders out there, you know, right now. I think there's lots of options for us to go for at striker. Mm. But I think central midfield, there just isn't that many options. So why not go yeah. for a Gini Wijnaldum? He's not playing week in, week out at PSG. Say, look, we're gonna fingers crossed, if we get in the Champions League, look, we're going to play you every single week again in the Premier League. We're going to pay you more. Um and come back to the Premier League and and take as far as you can because yeah. we'll play you. You know. Do you like
1: the Tielemann link?
0: I did. I go back and forth with this because he's been so yeah. bad, like you know. He's, and I I trying to put my head around the idea of Tielemann's because he's got a year left after this season. I just think he's you know I think he's just checked out kind of. And yeah. I know that's not a good thing, but. Yeah, I'm trying to justify still liking him because there's there's clearly a really good player, but the fact that Jewsbury Hall's been better than him, you know, for Leicester this season, I, I just don't know. Would you go for him?
1: I don't know why I'm judging a midfielder on pace, but <laughs> I do feel, I yeah. do worry. But I don't think he's a lightweight either. I don't think you can run all over him. Mm. Very good on the ball, scores goals from distance. Look. If we made three signings this summer and they were Telemann, Jesus, Tony, I know a lot of people would feel underwhelmed by that. I would, I'd be okay with that. Um, but I wouldn't be looking at them going, that's it. We've kicked on three levels. Brilliant. Mm. And that's what Van Dijk and Alisson did for Liverpool. They literally yeah. took them up three, four levels. Absolutely. Um, so who's out there that does that? You know, mm. maybe, maybe that's where the punt is on a Darwin Nunes. And on a, on a, um, the other Nunes was, is it Mateus Nunes from Sporting so. Lisbon? Yes, Maybe yeah. Maybe there's that superstar that's sort of smashing it out in Europe. Um, Doug says Pogba. I tell you what, I would take Paul Pogba and it's not going to happen, but I would, I'd love Paul Pogba. Why is first. it not going to happen? Um, I think, I think despite everything in United, I still think he's going to get himself that. Real Madrid or Barcelona or PSG. I still think that's going to happen. If
0: Zidane goes PSG and not Conte, he'll go PSG. I have no doubt about that.
1: I think he'll still get that move. Someone's saying Bellingham um, would be amazing. Mm. Would be amazing. How much would he cost?
0: I think he's got Liverpool written all over him, to be honest. Um... Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He really does.
1: Um, Yeah, interesting. I saw... What was the link I saw the other day? I saw uh, Fabian Ruiz. I like him. I like him. Um, And then, actually, I wouldn't... uh, uh, Neil D'Souza says Madison, now I mean if you've got James Madison, you're looking at Madison, Partey, Odegaard mm. just because it hasn't worked with Smith-Rowe dropping in doesn't necessarily mean it wouldn't happen with Madison, we've seen Guardiola play with De Bruyne uh, De Bruyne, Rodri, Bernardo so if the quality's there, the quality's there um, mm. it's a really oh, difficult one Jacob, well,
0: Jacob Rounds Jacob Ramsey is a great player watch shout Great, great player. he's I, he's not the player that he's not your van Dyker or allison um he's uh oh he's a good example from uh from liverpool that you look at he's a bit like a, I suppose a, naby Kate has not really come good but he had such potential when they signed him from leipzig you know it's possibly kind of like that kind of one is
1: it bit like um Diego Jota, I know a different position. Yeah,
0: it is. That's a really good shout. You kind yeah. of
1: thought, well, I know he's a good player, but really? They're spending 45 million? And mm-hmm. then he ends up being. Super. Sadio Mane
0: lies another one, you know. Who's that? Sorry, who's that? Sadio Mane, they signed from Southampton. Yeah. You know, he's just,
1: yeah. It's absolutely Someone said not Buendia. Whatever. Big up, Zander. Buendia, quite a funny one. Uh, you know, this is the first window in a long time. I'm going into it almost not. Like without expectation or like a like an inner fan demand of what must happen. Are I you know the for positions w go on, sorry, what
0: was that? So you're excited for it instead of the expectation. I'm
1: kind of willing to sit back and just see what they do. Mm-hmm. Um I think that is that's trust that's been earned by the couple windows Arteta's had where I think he's got most things right. Mm-hmm. I also think it's because a lot of it I think is interpretation and kind of what Arteta wants to do more so than what we think we need. Example, if we've signed Jesus and Rafinha, would everyone say we need two strikers? But, you know, maybe Smith-Rowe plays false nine, maybe Martinelli covers, maybe he doesn't play with an out-and-out number nine like the previous uh, Premier League winners. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we think he needs another creative midfielder and he goes and brings in a Ruben Neves and puts him next to Partey. And you think, that feels a bit negative. Um but I'm ready to just sit and watch it happen. Um and I'm not kinda don't of, I I struggle to think there'll be a time in this summer where I start panicking about the window unless we've literally brought no one in. Mm. Think, oh my God. Um but then there's youngsters to come through. There are youngsters to come through. Charlie Patino a year on, Hutchinson a year on, Biereth a year on. So I think the squad's in a pretty decent place, foundations wise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's what Eddie talked about in his interview, didn't he? He said they, they've addressed the balance, they've addressed the, yeah. the the foundation, the overhaul, and now it's about going to that next step. And Who do you want? I'm excited. Sorry, so you midfielder. said... Uh, yeah, uh, I'd go Yeah, I'd go Wijnaldum, get in that 31-year-old, because I don't think, as I said, I don't think there's enough out there at the moment to really get that marquee um, world-class central midfielder. Like, if City said, look, you know, we're going to move him from Gundawan, I'd take Gundogan. Um yeah and I think you get two more seasons at least at the top level for a moment you see how how long Fernandinho has been able to perform you know into his mid 30s now so yeah Gundawan or, or um, absolutely I think would be absolutely quality uh, additions to the squads. whilst there isn't a glut of, of central midfielders um, we've got 22 minutes left and uh, we're going to go through your questions in the chat sorry if we missed them there is a lot uh, as you would quite imagine there's over a thousand uh, in fact there's over 1,100 of you watching and we've actually I I just hit 31,000 subs as as well so thank you so much guys uh, for the continued support and drop a like on the video uh, you'll see James on the channel again I'm uh, soon on I'm very very sure Luke let's throw your question to James do you think that we should give Xhaka another contract in the summer after his comments and has he turned things around
1: uh, I wouldn't give another contract <laughs> no neither would I he's just signed one yeah. um, but uh, has he turned things around yes I'm going to say I'm going to say he has Maybe an unpopular opinion um i I still I'm so sorry, granite I love you <laughs> I love you now great goal um i i think I think he's always been tremendously committed to the to the shirt um and I think his performances actually generally under Mikel arteta have pretty much been sevens and eights across the board. Mm. Um, I think there are too many limitations to his game. And that's why the red cards and the needless bookings and the penalties he gives away, that's why they're more unforgivable than when legends like Patrick Vieira used to do it, you know, because what you got from those players was like otherworldly. Yeah. Um, as he, I am going to ask you. I'm finding it really difficult to answer. Well, I saw my lighting out because I'm having a bit of a mare here. But has he... Um, <laughs> Has he turned it? Do you think he's turned it around? I mean, I think if he gets it, if, if he's part of, with Partey's injury mm. and the performance he's putting in, if he's continues to fall to this level and we get into the top four, that's a very lovely redemption arc, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, do you think?
0: I don't think he's turned anything around. I think he's just been this good. I think this is just, this is Granite Xhaka. I think this is what you see from him. You know, there are going to be games where he makes mistakes. There are going to be gains where he gets a red card and that's Granit Xhaka. Um, But they are, you know, I think he has the most errors leading to goal in the Premier League, you know, since he joined uh, something, some stat like that. But when you break it down, I think it comes down to one or two errors a season and he's playing every single game. Um, And when he's not doing that, he's very very good but those negatives stand out and you know they tarnish what he's good at which is you know being consistent being a leader good passing into the channels um, progressive play shooting from distance if we need him to he's direct with his passing which I like and i think that if you move him on and you upgrade on him You've got to get it right. Because if you get it mm. wrong, we're screwed. And I and i that, that's a huge compliment to Xhaka. But how many times have we played without him? And how many times have we turned around and been like, oh man, we miss him. Well, we really miss Xhaka in this game. And that yeah. shows you how good he is.
1: Well, my um my my kind of biggest compliment to him, um, or bit of praise to him and Arteta. And I don't know whether it's Xhaka improving, whether mm. it's Arteta's tactics, I don't know what it is. But I can't remember the last time we said Oh, Xhaka got overrun in midfield. Oh, he got absolutely, yeah, couldn't keep up. The pace was beyond him. Now, mm. as well as the the errors and the cards and all that, you know, the biggest the biggest thing was, you know, no no team plays with a mid with a static midfield anymore. You know, the game's moved on, and he doesn't look off the pace at the mm. moment. And hasn't really for a long time, and I, I think that's where I've seen the massive improvement. I still think the best of the best can look at, at their 11 on the pitch and believe that seven or eight of those players can win them the game. And I think at the moment, we've got three or four can win us a game. Like mm-hmm. Odegaard, Saka, one of Martin Ayl smith ever on, whoever's on, maybe the striker. You know, they you know, Liverpool can look at Cater, Thiago, Henderson can win you a game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, their fullbacks can win you a game. Um, Bernardo, Gundogan, um, De Bruyne, Jack Grealish, Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus. And I don't put Xhaka in that bracket of, no. he can win you a game. He can be phenomenal and crucial mm-hmm. in a match in which you play brilliantly and win. But there yeah. is a slight difference for me.
0: Yeah, like, I think he falls into the bracket of players that aren't good enough for um, City and Liverpool, as you say. Um, but i tell you what, he's been better than Jorginho this season.
1: Oh, I think. oh comfortably.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and this is a Jorginho, you know, was in the World Eleven, was on for the yeah. Ballon d'Or, you know, not so long ago. So I think that kind of tells you the, the context of where, of where Xhaka is. But yeah, he's he's not good enough to play for City and Liverpool and we need a player that is, but the, the players that are good enough to play for City and Liverpool are at City in Liverpool, <laughs> that's what makes it difficult to find them. Um, I mean, the other one, I like Valverde at Real Madrid, but he's at Real Madrid, you know? No. I, I'd like Goretzka at Bayern Munich, but he's at Bayern Munich. And this is the problem, is that the players that are going to be good enough, uh, Jude Bellingham is the, is the one at Dortmund I think you could get, but again, I think he's going to go to Liverpool, and mm. that's the problem.
1: Um, yeah, well, my my hot take is that I think we'll bring in a central midfielder and I bet you for the first two months, Shaka still starts every game. Yeah, I think Arteta will yeah. bed this guy in, take time, cup games, appearances here and there. Mm. And I, I think Xhaka will still be a big part of our midfield. Um, I'll tell you what, we missed.
0: Games. We missed Bruno Guimaraes though. He is certainly a player that I think could have, could have been the one. I mean,
1: you could, you couldn't cherry pick a better example. Mm-hmm of what Arsenal fans mean when we say upgrade. Yeah. And some fans get very offended by it. What do you mean upgrade? Give him the credit he deserves. I've seen Bruno Gmaras in a handful of appearances for Newcastle, mm-hmm. score certain goals, make certain runs, drives in midfield, passes with the outside of his foot, assists, sorry, assists mm. with the outside of his foot. And you just go, this guy's another level. and So annoying. And so he quick. he would have been perfect for us. So that uh-huh. that's exactly what I mean when I say a level above Xhaka. But that, that doesn't have to be a criticism. It doesn't have to be a criticism of Xhaka. Um I, I kind of wonder whether Hussein Aouar is completely off the table. Probably I hope is. so, because I don't like him. <laughs> Fair enough. I've not like seen him, him enough. but yeah, I just Considering we like wanted him so much before. I know. Um, I just don't think he's the one. Bruno Gamar is a great example. Great example of what we mean.
0: Um, Wow, we took quite a while to go through that. Sorry, that's not your fault, James. That's mine. Uh, No, no, my bad. I mean,
1: it's such an—he's always a big discussion, Jacker, isn't he? Yeah. Uh,
0: Aya, thank you for the super chat, mate. Um, We'll we'll try and do a lightning round of questions and go through as many as we can so we can tackle. Uh, Aya says, which signing would be more effective, Ozilman or Fabian Ruiz? So the striker. Or the central midfielder, basically, is what he's asking. Offserman for me. I agree. Uh, Yeah, but... I mean, you look at the midfielders that we've already got and you look at the strikers that we need, I think that tells you the reason why. Mm. Um, let's go to Ronald, who says, Jesus or Tammy, for prem Experience, would take Jesus of the two. Then one from abroad, like a Nunez or Schick. Unconventional options are in Kunku or Gakpo. Maybe three, as Pepe should probably go. So, I mean, from them, Jesus or Tammy, I think you said earlier that, you know, you'd go for Jesus, but mm. Schick or Nunez, one of the two from abroad?
1: Well, Nunez did call, cause Liverpool real problems, didn't he? Mm. That, that's quite exciting. Um, <laughs> shit, probably the cheaper, more experienced option. Probably Nunez. I don't really know why. I don't know why. Probably Nunez. Yeah.
0: It's that unknown, it's the Vlaovic factor, I think, yeah. is a bit about Nunez. Yeah, the Vlaovic that's factor. It. That's exactly it. Ian says, "How many players we need to buy in the summer, irrespective of where we finish? For me, it's six: two in attack, two in midfield, and two fullbacks at least. Given Saliba comes back, would like to get a Verratti in. Wow, that's a big ask, but yeah. What would you think about how many do you think we need? Because Edu said we need we're going to go for two big signings, but you know that doesn't rule out you know the other depth signings that we might need.
1: Yeah, in fact, the journal who um, interviewed or him, something yeah, yeah, he did tweet saying." he didn't get the impression that he meant only two, yeah. which is very encouraging. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to hear I do sort of say quite bluntly, this is what we're looking at, which is great.
0: And they've planned it and it's ready to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we need two strikers or two players who can play number nine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think we need another wide forward, a central midfielder. And if there's a little left in the bank, you go and get a fullback, wingback. Mm-hmm. My... Football manager choice, who I've definitely not seen enough of, but I have uh, YouTube videos to tell me he's a good player and we should be oh, world
0: class. <laughs>
1: uh, Must be unbelievable, right? Yeah. Um, Is actually at Man City. Uh, Pedro Porro, who's at Sporting. Oh, History. yes.
0: He's the only player I ever invested any shares in when they would, you know, I can't remember what, was it football index before did that chaos? He's the only player I ever invested (laughs) in it. And then they crashed. So I never actually got anything from it, but yeah, he's a great player. Great player.
1: I mean, is it because he's Spanish can play right back and left back has been part Mm -hmm. of the city. I don't know, but, but I mean, he's been a pretty semi exciting youngster for quite a few years now. And I think he's had a few loans. So becoming pretty experienced, um, I, I I bet you the fullback we go for will be a Cancelo type, can play right back and left yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Um, very versatile, very creative fullback. Um, very flary type. I'm genuinely, I think we'll get an exciting fullback. And mm-hmm. my other hot take, I think our <laughs> centre-back options next year will obviously be White-Gabriel. I think Saliba will come back. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tommy Asu playing at centre-back next year mm-hmm. a little bit. I Maybe. think as we get... That added quality at full-back, which I think Arteta thinks we need. We'll see Tomiyasu playing at the heart of defence more often and covering there.
0: I agree. Um, yeah, I think that you're right with the number of players. I think five is, is probably about right. Uh, I'm expecting
1: forwards. four. I'd like five.
0: Yeah, yeah, so am I. Uh, two forwards, wide forward, central midfielder and a fullback. That's, yeah, five, I think, because I think there's potential for youth to come through. The only issue with the right back situation is I really like Norton Cuffey, who's coming through, and I think he's going to be a brilliant player. Um, so I'm wary I always,
1: of that. I always forget about him.
0: The way around it is, as you say, is you buy a fullback that can play both sides. The other one is Jochen Mahler, the Danish uh, guy as well, who can play on both sides and did do that for Denmark in the Euro. So he's another one. But yeah, Pedro Porro, fantastic shout.
1: I wouldn't look past, um, so just very quickly, sorry, I wouldn't look past the likes of Cedric maybe getting a move because he's actually had a pretty decent season, all in all. I could see him getting a decent move. I could see um, Nuno Tavares going out on loan. And then the options being Tommy Asutini, new signing, and then Norton Cuffy. That one surprised me. Sack can fill in at left back, um so yeah, White can fill in at right back while the right back goes to left back. Saliba's there. I, I, I think we might see something like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Uh there was a question from oh has it gone. It was a quite really good one from Henrik. Uh basically I'll find it, but it was basically asking, would you here we go, would you keep Elneny um beyond this season? He's a good squad player and he doesn't cry about being that exact thing in the team. You know, he's a very, very good part of the squad. Mm. Just quickly, I don't think he will want to be that though anymore. I, I think he will want to end his career playing personally. For
1: him, I want him to have the move and go be a the player he can be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to keep him and maybe a little bit of revisionism and, and uh, what what is it? A uh, recency bias, you know, because of the last few performances. Yeah, um, exactly. Maybe alone loan for Conga and then Elneny having that role isn't such a bad thing. Um, but I really like Conga So, like, if Elneny goes and Conga is the cover for Partey, with hopefully the added quality and experience next season, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. Uh,
0: Max Ashford's uh, another good question. Who do you think will be harder uh, away from home this season, Newcastle or West Ham? I'm going to just throw this in, and I think it's without doubt Newcastle. West Ham play Frankfurt three days or four days before, and Newcastle are very good at home now. And there's the narrative of you know Bruno Guimaraes wanting to prove that Arsenal were wrong not to get him. So yeah, yeah.
1: I think Newcastle, but because of the situation we might be in, come that game, Pressure. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It you know penultimate game.
0: That's why winning the next three is so yeah. big. It's because we might we might not have to worry about it, and that would be great. But...
1: We say we want Arsenal to be competitive. I'm not sure we mean it.
0: <laughs> Lounging around in 8th, ninth, and 10th was far less stressful.
1: Oh, Maybe yeah. one. Oh,
0: Maybe I've sympathize. got a
1: repression and I forgot all about it.
0: You know? <laughs> oh dear, he doesn't mean it, I promise. Uh, Madupe says, Would you guys take another summer where we don't strengthen on Xhaka if it meant Bellingham was coming in in the 23-24 season? Personally, I would. It's a good question, actually. <laughs> Summer, so basically, yeah. you don't sign in the midfielder this summer, you keep Xhaka, and instead you get Bellingham next year.
1: As I was reading that out loud to myself, I was kind of thinking, well, who are the options then? Um,
0: Partey, Xhaka, Le Conger a year older, Patino coming through. I think you'd probably then keep Eln, you'd extend Elneny al- any for another year. Um, Do you know, I don't mate? think so. you keep. Maybe. I,
1: I I don't think I would do that, actually. Um, I think midfield's so crucial. Mm. Um, and I don't think Bellingham's the only option. Um, well, I know we said we're short on options, but... Hmm. No, I don't think I would do that. I think it's really important to get midfield
0: this summer. Fair play. Stick to your guns. Uh, Chris says, do you think we have overachieved this season considering we have players like Xhaka, Laka, Elneny and Cedric playing regularly? To be honest, many of our, not many of our players, would get into many top eight teams.
1: Arsenal Football Club, off the back of a £150 million spend, no, they haven't overachieved. But this current crop of players with a manager in his first job on the back of what's happened the last couple of years have overachieved sometimes it's very hard to detach the team from the club absolutely and that's where it's so difficult the club the club should always be held to a certain standard um you know if i'm trying to think of an analogy but i'll say some i'll talk some complete shite but essentially (laughs) if you put me in a job and it's a very important job that i'm not qualified to do but i do okay i'm massively overachieving for me but i might not be doing the job that needs to be done um, and is that I and I to... for prefer to. What's that? Sorry,
0: <laughs> is that Arteta for you then?
1: <laughs> Actually, I didn't even mean like that. But do you know what? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's more than I expected of this group and Arteta mm-hmm. if they finish in the top four, even five. It's more than I expected of them. Yeah, um, but it's not more than I'd have been demanding of Arsenal Football Club two and a half years on from the day Arteta was hired.
0: arrived, yeah. So yeah. that was hard. it's a really good way of putting it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and people talk about the process and all that. And for me, the process restarted in the summer. I think he came in, he gave Aubameyang a new deal, he signed Willian, he signed Partey. I think he wanted, not quick fixes, but I think he wanted to feel he could get into that top four and then kick on. And then with their Sanyehi leaving, everything that went on, I think they totally scrapped up the plans. And when mm-hmm. we start again, which is why I think people don't want to like it, Arteta outers or whatever. I mean, ultimately, they want the best for the club, uh, mm. won't like hearing it. But I really think if there is a process, it genu- genuinely started back in the summer. I do. I, I think it restarted then,
0: really. I think you're spot on. Uh, I think, I I agree with it wholeheartedly. I think that his first year, um, and I'd be honest, I don't really count, you know, what he did at the start when he came in and won the FA Cup and that was a great six months. Mm. Um, But it wasn't, you know, it didn't really tell us anything. Uh, 2021, um, that season was, you know, we saw the good things with the Gabriel and the Partey signings and we saw the bad things, you know, with the Marie, Cedric and William signings, you know. So I think that, there is the good and the bad and obviously the results and then bringing the youth through like Smith Rowe and integrating him into yeah. the team and stuff like that. That was all good and improving Saka, etc. But yeah, I, I think it was effective. I don't like calling it a free hit because it's a, it's a buzzword, but it basically was. Um, that's what it was. And I, there shouldn't be free hits at Arsenal, but maybe it's what we needed, you know, to work out what actually we do need to do, which I think we have done this
1: season. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean... A lot of people think they want a build, a rebuild, till it happens, and
0: and and they realise how hard it is and how long it takes. Yeah. A, a
1: rebuild is literally, you know, you use analogy of a of a building that you know needs, yeah, needs rebuilding over it. You you got to sometimes tear it down to start again. But a lot of people sometimes don't like the tearing down, mm-hmm. um, and that is not me saying that Arteta and Arsenal have got it all right. We have still got a lot to learn about whether their decisions yeah. are the right or the wrong ones um but but at least they've made decisions at least they've made them and Mm. i went for a few years even watching Emery, even watching wenger at times and thinking they're not making the ruthless decisions this club needs to make so whether we made the right ones or not i do think we've made some big ones
0: i think a good analogy if we're using buildings to describe it is it's a bit like your favorite pub having to be torn down but In the last 10 years, you know, it's been taken over by new owners, Um, the people that are running the bar are not what you want, it's gone downhill and gradually, you know, there's not as many good people in it, in fact, it's getting very, very quiet, you aren't, you know, necessarily winning any awards uh, for it and you need to tear it down Uh, and the owners make the decision to tear it down and rebuild something in its place it's not the you know it's it's not what you thought it might be and it's going to take a while to get there but eventually you might like even more what comes next so yeah that's the hope we're going through analogies today we'll be able to get through a couple more before we wrap up Absolutely. uh Himne says uh, why is bakai saka not being considered for captain by the fan base england international star boy hard working talented and moves the needle i love that phrase that's
1: mm, great phrase. i love that phrase very simply He's doing superbly. He doesn't need any more pressure he's already got. I want Rafinha so that Saka can enjoy his football more next year. That's why. It's not to replace him. Top teams have good options and they cover each other and, and they fill in for each other and you, you replace one cog with another and the whole thing keeps moving as it did. Mm. Um, I, I would be bringing in serious competition for Saka, not giving him the armband, which I think is the complete opposite, and doubling down on how much he's your main man. Um, take the pressure off. He's already going to have a World Cup to worry about, um, and and I just think his the responsibility he's taken on. I think a little bit has to be on his own terms. Like the penalty he took at Stanford Bridge, he wanted to take that, um, and I love that. And if he didn't want to take it, that's fine. Do you, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean?
0: I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, mm. yeah. I I think it's spot on about the um, the idea that. Saka could be captain. Shows how good he is and shows what he is to the team. But you're absolutely right. Don't don't apply that pressure. Just keep him as he is, and and let someone like Odegaard, who is naturally a, a captain and has been for Norway now, you know, and has got that ability. Let him do that. Let him take that burden because he's been doing it fantastically. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Dom says, are you happier seeing retired club legends in the stands of big games or in the pundits chair? I'm referencing Scholes and Thierry Henry and Bergkamp. Uh, it was interesting seeing Thierry Henry and Bergkamp there, especially Henry because of the whole Daniel Ek thing. You know, the fact he was there with the young players, the fact that the club let him, you know, do that, because I kind of thought there was a bit of bad blood, uh, especially after what... You know, Thierry Henry's Xhaka comments, I don't imagine, would have gone down too well when they leaked. Uh, Some of them comments leaked. I know they were done behind closed doors and and they leaked, but still. You know, it, it it didn't it didn't come down well. Uh, especially, uh, like from what I'm aware, it, it didn't go down well in, in the club at all. So it's good seeing that he's back uh, and yeah. um, that's being integrated.
1: The Henri thing's so fascinating. First and mm-hmm. foremost, it goes without saying the doors should always and will always be open to Thierry Henri at Arsenal because of mm. who he is. Oh yeah. And, and we it know go that. without saying, yeah, absolutely it exactly goes without saying. But we are on YouTube and we do the, the We work in the industry we work in. Yeah. Um, I, I also thought the same. The Xhaka comments, some of the comments about not finishing fourth would be a failure. Um, the Daniel X stuff, I felt there was a sense that Henri was maybe I would say pushing back on what was going on at the club, but it was pretty vocal in not liking some of the key components of, of kind of how we what we are um, but I loved seeing him there I loved seeing Burkamp. there were more um, Osierdu was there because he works there but um, he was there yeah. on the day Dennis um, sorry uh, Jens
0: Lehmann and Gilberto Silva
1: thank you Jens Lehmann Gilberto Silva Jan Juru was there mm-hmm. he, he was on he was at the Chelsea game as well um, and all of that added to what I said at the beginning about The buzz with the fans, the young kids with the ball, um, the youngsters on the score sheet, the Emirates in full flow, leapfrogging Tottenham on a sunny day in April. It just felt Arsenal. It felt Arsenal. It felt classy. It felt like a family, a community. And the legends being there for me was the icing of the cake. I really... Mm. I really love I mean everyone's in the building. Hey, love him or hate him, it's up to you. But Piers Morgan was in the building. Everyone was there. Um, <laughs> I
0: saw Judge's photo of uh of yeah. Piers. Oh yeah. How long has
1: it been since Arsenal got to a sunny day in April against Manchester United with something to genuinely chase. Um yeah. and I think yeah. everyone fueled that. And that was really, really special and nice to see.
0: Absolutely, the fans have been crazy this season in the ground. Yeah. they just just—I've only been able to get to a couple of games. I went to the Aston Villa game that we won three-one, and the Liverpool mm. game. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but both atmospheres were crazy, like so, 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 so good. Yeah, um, away yeah Sorry, go on. Too. No, just away support. Oh yeah, I'm gutted but... I haven't been to an away game this season. Mainly because it just hasn't been able to happen with work. But, no, of course, uh, but. yeah, it's uh, going to a, the last away game I went to was at the Palace game. Um, Oh, was it last season, I think? No, the, the season two, before two, last. When, when yes, Jack it a, was the two two. That was the Jack last away game pick. I got to. Yeah. Um well, and that was yeah, I don't get too many. Um, because it's really hard to get tickets for away games. But uh, uh yeah, it's the away fans are consistently just brilliant. Um and really they are I, I'd easily say they're the best away fans in the league. I don't think we necessarily had the best homegrown atmosphere in the league, but away from home. We have the best, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a yeah. shadow of a doubt, I think Palace probably have the best home atmosphere. To be fair, of, of the entire. They're, game. they're relishing Tottenham.
1: Some of the people I speak to listen. I'm one of those. I'm I'm yeah. worried about that game, and I speak to some of the regular away fans, and they say I can't wait for Tottenham. Rock up to their to their place. Yeah. Is it the first time Arsenal fans are going to that ground? I believe it is. Yes, um, it will be.
0: Uh, I think. So, yeah. I think maybe there was a small section last year, because it was towards the end of the season, wasn't it? Um but I don't think, yeah. I, maybe there wasn't away fans. I,
1: I think it was remember. a um Arsenal women's game that they got to. Uh you might be right. Yeah. I think so. You might so yeah, right. so that um but they're relishing it. That tells Ooh. you everything you need to know about the away fans. Absolutely.
0: Um we're going to wrap up. Uh Reefer, just want to shout out your comment. Big up, you two. We'll go back and watch from the start. Just wanted to stay alone. Thank you, Rifa, for tuning Thank in. You, really Reefer. appreciate your kind words. Uh, show some love in the chat box for James. He's been absolutely brilliant. Um, you're already getting plenty uh, of really nice comments in here as well, mate. So you've been right, absolutely that brilliant. I appreciate Thank you so as... much.
1: Thank you for having me on. And, um, it's always a pleasure, And work on your channel and everything. It's always thanks, we nice do
0: appreciate it uh listeners you'll see james i'm sure back on the show very very soon uh which we we, i don't know why we left it so long i think the last time you came on was december like yeah so we need to make sure we shorten that gap next time because it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you again um yeah thank you james tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to
1: oh i just i've gone af tv i'm there waffling about arsenal and stuff (laughs) um our, our pride and joy is Graham and I's tactical insight so um, we'll be doing that tomorrow um, to discuss you know not just the United win but a bit about Chelsea we didn't get to do it last mm-hmm. week um, I say that you Graham can't be there we, I know we'll be gutted he can't be there um, but we'll be going over that um, so yeah come come and join and uh, otherwise I'm just on socials it's James V. pretty simple stuff <laughs> but yeah Brilliant. listen thank you so much for having me on really appreciate it
0: No, my absolute pleasure. That was a really good chat for an hour and a half. And as I said, we won't make the gap anywhere near as long as it was this time around uh, chatbox thank you you've been absolutely brilliant sorry you weren't able to go through all of your questions there was a lot of you in here in fact uh, there's over a thousand of you still listening so thank you so much and uh, thank you for helping us reach 31,000 during the show which is a nice thing to see uh, clock over to uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning for the 8am show as per uh, catching up on all that edu goodness uh, and more transfer links as well to discuss and of course a little bit more fallout from that interesting Antonio Conte news which is a little bit of And we much enjoy things that are very amusing about Tottenham Hotspur. See you soon. Have a fantastic evening and week as we start another one. And uh, yeah, drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute by fans.